Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at NetHealth. They know when it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth's private practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit today. All right, on today's episode, Dr. Jenna Cantor is back hosting another fabulous podcast This time, our guest is Dr. Clarence Holmes, Jr. He's a native of Cleveland, Mississippi. He attended Mississippi State University for his undergraduate studies and received his doctor of physical therapy degree from the University of Mississippi Medical Center in 2014. Dr. Holmes then completed an orthopedic residency with Mercer University in Atlanta, Georgia in 2015. He has worked in various settings to include sports, outpatient orthopedics, acute care, and the state jail system. Now he owns and operates Access Physical Therapy, a concierge cash-based physical therapy practice in the Atlanta metropolitan area. He also works as a staff physical therapist with Kindred at Home. Dr. Holmes has been involved with the APTA at various levels to include two terms on the Student Assembly Board of Directors, delegate for the state for the state of Georgia to the House of Delegates, and currently serves as a board member for the Georgia Foundation for Physical Therapy. In his free time, he also owns and operates the Travel Doctor, a full-service travel agency, as well as tackling small woodworking projects. He has also scuba dives, enjoys traveling the world with his beautiful wife, turquoise, and their golden retriever and chihuahua terrier mix puppies. So a big thanks to Dr. Holmes for coming on to the podcast today. He and Jenna are talking about generational differences in physical therapy. So everyone enjoy today's episode. Hello, this is Jenna Cantor with Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm really excited. I am interviewing Dr. Clarence A. Holmes Jr. <laughs> I just read what he wrote on Zoom when we're doing the interview. And uh, Dr. Clarence, who said, just call me Clarence. I'm like, okay, hi, Clarence, said that he works with home health and is the owner of a concierge cash-based practice, which everybody who listens knows I'm cash-based. So I'm like, yeah. Hello, comrade. I love that so much. Let's serve our people, our patients. We are coming on because we met at a conference and there was a discussion on generational differences in physical therapy. And Clarence had some real interesting thoughts on this. And I was like, this is a podcast in the making. So I approached him right away and I said, can we do this topic in a podcast? And fortunately enough, he said, yes, like a proposal. It was beautiful. So here we are talking about generational differences in physical therapy. I think this is a really, really important topic. Now, I just, let's just start diving in 
to when we're saying generational differences and everyone, please don't uh, refrain from getting offended with how we, how we try to describe this, because this is when we're differentiating between ages. Um, and I saw, I, I, I saw individuals struggling with that, trying to be appropriate. So if we do say anything in our descriptions, inappropriate, feel free, please absolutely correct us, but be nice because we're doing the best we can. Um, but this is a very important conversation. So we'd rather take the risk in, in really diving into the topic. So yeah, just let's all be nice. Okay. So regarding generational differences, I'm assuming that we're talking about the more seasoned crowd, people who have been around for a long period of time um, compared to newer people in the physical therapy. Oh, right. Correct. Absolutely. Am I missing anything or is there any Absolutely. other way we need to define it? No, I mean, and honestly, you're talking about me when you said if, if you recognize people being uncomfortable trying to differentiate between these these generations in conversation without trying to offend. That was me at our conference. Uh, I didn't want to say the boomer generation. I didn't want to say the millennials simply because a lot of people tie a lot of negative connotations to those. And we're also missing Gen X because Gen X is, is actually the young, are the youngest practitioners yeah. right now, not millennials. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of similar Z. Is it Z? Oh my God. Is it Z. Z. Z? Oh my gosh. I missed I the letter know. in the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> it might be X. I don't, don't hold me to it, but, but, um, but yeah, so that was one of, but, but no, you captured it perfectly. I do think there is a, a riff, uh, between, uh, the, the older generation and the younger generation to just put it, put it lightly. Yeah. Um, just simply because, and I mentioned it in the conference, is that the older generation are the ones who are owning these practices, traditional practices, um, and the younger generation, our generation, are the ones who tend to be more of the employees, uh, and that's natural, um, but what's, what's unnatural, well, this is also natural, to have some generational difference, what's unnatural is the riff, the, the, the battle that kind of comes along with that and how we respond to it, so... Yeah. So let's, yeah, I love that. Let's do what I, uh, where, where I was very interested. Let's go back and, and just do one general generational difference at a time. And then if we, okay, I feel like that's what pops in our head for now. And that's it. That's great. So one, uh, just name one at the top of your head, one general gen. Oh my gosh. Why is this? So generational difference. Let's start with one. So, I, I mean, there's two big ones that stick out to me. Uh, one is just this idea of pay structure um, and specifically in the PT realm of, of how long has someone been here versus what is this person doing for my company? And the best example I can give is me personally um, of working in a job, my first job post-residency. Um, I'm an ortho um, um, lover. Um, ortho, I will consider myself an ortho PT, even though I work in the home health arena and the concierge cash base, I will consider myself an orthopedic physical therapist. Um, my first job post-residency was at a private practice in Atlanta, um, and I was paid the least amount of all the therapists across the entire um, company, which was four practices in Atlanta. Um, but I was the second highest producing therapist in the company. And so, you know, generational differences comes down to um, 
the old way of doing things um, was who has the most experience, they get paid the most. Um, my personal opinion is that's not logical. Where I'm a logical being and a lot of my generation are. If it doesn't make sense to us, we're going to be vocal about it. And it didn't make sense to me that I was producing on paper more money, better outcomes than the majority of the therapists and I was paid the least. Um, that's one uh, major one. And it kind of feeds into the second one. I know you asked for one, but this kind of feeds into it. Mm. Of, um, uh, younger generations, older generations value loyalty. Um, you know, they expect somebody to come in and work for them for 10 to 15, 20, almost 30 their entire careers. And my generation just, if we're not happy, we're going to move on. Um, and so that puts a lot of responsibility on the employer to find out what makes us happy. Um, and sometimes that just doesn't, that doesn't translate well. Yeah, I see where these connect. Let's focus on the first one, because mm -hmm. that is a really good, interesting point. I have definitely mentored some dance PTs who are burnt out, and they are in a situation where, oh, gosh, darn it, what is it? Productivity. Productivity is measured. Mm -hmm. And that has been very problematic for them because they'll come in and they see that they, are, they know they're getting paid less. But they're I'm not more because in your case you actually saw the data, but they're seeing the they are seeing the exact number of patients as a seasoned professional. They're and and they're just they don't understand why they're getting paid less if they're seeing the same amount. Then they would they're, they're they would imagine I would be seeing less patients. Then that would make more sense, you know. But no, that's not the case, and therefore that income would still be, uh, it is assumed that income would still be made. So mm -hmm. it's almost like they're being profit, they're more of a profit is being made off of them. They're exhausted, you know, mm -hmm. but they're not getting a lighter load to feed that exhaustion, yeah. that adjustment. They're exactly. getting treated just the same. And so yeah. they don't understand that pay difference when they come in. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bounce off this a little bit more because uh, with the reasoning. So it's going to get a slightly off topic, but I'm always okay with that. Exactly. Is the promise of mentorship as a reason for why? they are paying less. That can be a reasoning behind it, which still, it, it, there are some clinics that actually provide mentorship, but the majority of them do not actually provide that mentorship. So it's more verbiage mm -hmm. um, uh, or they have some sort of automated system that's there, maybe videos or something. So it's not really an extra effort. It's something that's already there that can help streamline what's going on. Uh, especially if you're in a place that measures via productivity, you can promise it as a, as a, a, somebody who owns a clinic. However, who's the physical therapist and how much time do they actually have to really mentor? Mm -hmm. So if they're really, it doesn't make sense. Correct. This reasoning of, oh, why, you know, and these are generational different thoughts, but for a, uh, uh, I think that's what you're hitting is that, that the younger generation will speak their minds Correct. and say, Hey, uh, you know, they're not getting that mentorship. They're not getting that value for them to go. Oh, that's why then. Cause they'd be like, Oh, you know what? I'm getting great mentorship. Kind of like where people think of residencies getting right. great mentorship. I get why I'm paying less. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. That's not the case. No, you know, I, in, you know, in, in a lot of circumstances. 
seven years, I think I've been out, seven and a half years for uh, a PT school, and I've never been in an environment outside of residency that that had any type of formal mentorship. But you're correct in that I've, I've had several interviews with several companies that have promised mentorship because that was important to me. Mm-hmm, I accepted mm-hmm. less. The reason I worked at the job that I did that I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning in this in this interview or this conversation, uh, the reason I took that job and I knew I was getting paid less than I was worth. Um, the reason I took it was because my clinical manager and the only person who was more productive than I was a personal mentor who mm-hmm. was my was one of my direct mentors in residency. And so I saw it as an opportunity to continue uh, getting mentored. And so I'm getting an exchange of additional mentorship. I will take less pay. Okay. Yes. And you're, so, and you're, th- you're absolutely, you're like, Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Correct, mm-hmm. correct. But there was no formal mentorship. Now I did continue to work with this guy. I did learn a lot from him, but there was no formal. That's uh, a big, de- that's a big deal. If correct, it's not correct. exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's no, when is the end point? I mean, when is the point where I say, okay, I've received enough mentorship. Now I'm ready to get paid. Okay. Right. There, is, right. there has to be some kind of, of trade-off there. So, uh, but you're absolutely correct that that is, there is a common promise of these employers to employees, younger generational PTs of mentorship in exchange for, you know, lower, less than ideal pay. But that's not always delivered upon. Right, right. And I think that's the thing, because there's different ways to work around, depending on the clinic and everything that can happen in these rooms for negotiation. So when these different mindsets come into the room for it to work out, but you got to follow through on both sides. One -hmm. is providing the mentorship and the other side is accepting that's what you accepted Mm -hmm. and and knowing that, owning that. Um, So... But it can be, I mean, you know what? I was about to go into different things you can negotiate, but this is not a lesson on negotiation. So I'm going to skip over that. So uh, yeah, when you when you are going into a clinic, I feel like that is a way to potentially solve the problem, but it's just not being solved right now. It, it's it's still these general, the we, we have people who own these businesses who are getting annoyed about the, the younger generation talking about money, but then they're not looking at, they're not really listening and taking in what is being said because it's it's a block that we can get our own bias on how we lived our lives and and we need to get out of ourselves. I say that as a practice owner myself, we have to always work to get out of ourselves all the time uh, in order to better listen to be with the changes of the world. And the reason why there are changes, but the reason why things are fluid and it's always changing with every generation and so on is because there's always a better way. Correct. And we, we may not have the answer though. to it, but but there's always a better way, and and you got to figure out, you know, what uh, what's going to if you really care so much about keeping them around for a long time, and that's that's a big deal for you, and mm-hmm. absolutely, totally get that. It's great to have somebody there for a long time. Then what is it that they care about? Mm-hmm. 
What is it that they care about, you know, and how do you, and then if you want to do something that is not financial because your, your clinic can only afford so much, what are those intangibles that you can bring to the table or even the physical therapist coming in to work for them? What are those intangibles? And that's where you can really come to the table for a better exchange with those generational differences, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, and, and one of the things that you kind of touched on is that we have to be there's always a better way. We have to be open to that better way. And I think that's where um, we run into an issue of when a younger generational PT says, well, this doesn't make sense to me. I want this amount of money. That's not us complaining. And I think that can be perceived as, 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 um, as a complaint, us whining, because we, we're known as the whiny generation. <laughs> we, you know, we, we complain a lot and compared to what we're told is that we complain a lot, we're whining, we're never satisfied. And it's not that we're whining, it's not that we're satisfied, it's just that we grew up in the information age. We know what the PT next to us is making, or we know what the average PT makes. And so when we come to the table and ask for this, that's not us whining, and it shouldn't be perceived that way, and we shouldn't be promoted as the whining generation. It's us knowing having the information available to us and trying to, to benefit on, or not even benefit, just, just be paid given what we're worth. Um, you know, we, we're, we're a rainbows and clouds profession. I mean, we, we are a, just a happy, just beautiful people. And we just love people and love everybody. And we're so happy, go lucky and lovey dovey. And I love that about us. But um, one thing that we do tend to forget is that the word, I mean, that we are healthcare practitioners first, but this is also a business. Um, um, We have to be sustainable um, to to be able to provide the jobs for our employees. We have to be um, fulfilled in our careers to be able to provide the care, the level of care that our patients deserve. Um, and, and, And some of the ways that we do that is to ensure that our employees are happy. Um, somebody brought up at the conference uh, the idea of valuing your employees. Um, and value in itself, I think for us as this lovey-dovey profession, means so many different things. But value in itself as a word is a financial word. What is the value of me as a, a physical therapist? Um, mm-hmm. I know my financial value. Uh, if you cannot meet that, as you've already touched on, if you can't meet what I'm asking for, what else can you meet me? Meet me halfway. Meet me with increased vacation days, meet me with uh, increase a formal mentorship program. Um, we're supposed to meet in, you're supposed to meet me where I am as an employee. And so I think that's where there's a big barrier as well. And that sometimes we're a little bit too focused on um, intangible things um, where a lot of, or several of us are looking for tangible benefits um, in my generation. So um, I think that's a big riff. Um, and it's a it's, it's got to do with our identity crisis in our profession that um, I said this at the conference, nobody loves PTs as much as PTs love PTs. And that's our issue as, as a profession that we have to address. Um, um, and I think that kind of that kind of flows over into um, this, this generational difference. Oh my God, it does. It yeah, does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so that's, you know, I don't want to get too deep here, but that's- I want I actually want to bounce off you because yes, because uh, it, it popped in my head earlier and I was like, I eh, just let the idea, you know, cause I just want to listen to you, but yes, it's um, the, the PT, uh, the best thing of T- PTs, you know, and there's nothing wrong with us. 
the more seasoned professional that, I mean, yes, every, I, when I say this, I know they're seasoned, we're like, I know there's, we're not perfect, but yeah. the seas, they, they live on this rainbows and clouds. So <laughs> I'm just saying, I know it's a harsh way to say it. I, I hear, I hear what I'm saying, but whatever, I'm going to say it. And then we have where the younger generation, I think it's Gen Z because Gen X is before. So, okay. So we have the Gen Z and the millennials in, uh, newer in the profession, and they're not afraid to point out things that they think are wrong. But I think then with that in mind, I think from higher up, there is toxic positivity. (laughs) And and I think that's where that comes in, um, where it's pushed upon. You cannot say anything bad, but then we lose this honesty and transparency in what's going on in the communication. And, and God forbid something bad is said, you know, oy. and guess who's on social media? Everyone. Everyone. So if you're talking about, you know, like, oh, there's younger people are complaining. Facebook is older people, man. Twitter is older people. Mm-hmm. Like there's some younger on there too. Yeah. But like yeah. uh, the, the hotspots to be at are TikTok and, and uh, mostly TikTok, in my opinion, TikTok. Yes. And then se- I think I never looked at the data. So yeah, but I think uh, Instagram is secondary, but that also has to do with like how I like to watch the videos personally. I like how I can yeah. scroll through the TikTok yeah. thing and then I can go to Instagram. Instagram's a little bit not as smooth. So I go back to TikTok. Okay. So, um, but, but that's, you know, that's where it's so if we're talking about, oh, the younger they all they do is complain. That's that's all ages, baby. That's all ages. We all we we all like don't. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I think it is so healthy to have a full, well-rounded conversation that points out the bad and the good. And you don't have to finish with a positive statement in a conversation about it's okay to end in a gray area. It's okay to end in a dark area and both see it, you know, like, yeah, that is, I don't have a solution. Like that's actually, that's not a good thing. It's okay. Uh, But we, but this toxic positivity puts anybody going through anything on the spot. If you're anybody who might be, Oh gosh, dealing with this is somebody who is is has poor health in your family and you can't talk about it or mention it at all and you're you have to put on this face. I get it. That's, you know, I'm putting in air quotes professionalism, but professional professional only means literally of a profession. Everything else is defined by you. Mm-hmm. Or defined by me. So literally that's all prof- like everything else is like up in the air, up up for grabs, however you interpret it. So yeah. you know, to like place these these random rules on what professional is professionalism is from that point on is is purely subjective. And that's where that toxic positivity comes in. Yeah. And then and then we get these risks, these butting heads, because everybody mm-hmm. has different core values, which is great. Uh, and I think that is a huge generational difference and where we lose and miss out on opportunities to listen and hear more. And on that note, we'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back. When it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth has a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. 
Correct, correct. And that's where the issue becomes. Um, I spoke on generational differences as in the context of what is leading to burnout in early career professionals, early career PTs. Um, and I spoke on generational differences as one of the things that I thought was a key key difference. And one thing to note, note is that this isn't specific to PT. Um, it's not, burnout is not specific to PT. These generational differences is not, are not just specific to physical therapy. Um, this is a, this is a global, this is a definite issue in our country. Um, there are, you know, I'm going to make this a political conversation, but you know, there are, you know, whatever, all's fair game when you're with me, be you, <laughs> be you, be you. Seriously. There's a group of people that believe that, you know, there's nothing, this is the greatest country on earth. Um, and that this is there, they would, they would know, they would not live anywhere else. Um, and to say anything bad about our country is anti-American. And then there's another generation that says, uh-uh, this is a good country to live in. This is happy. I'm happy to live here, but there's a crap ton of issues that we need to address to make this country as great as it could be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. Um, and so that is, I say all that to say that there, there's no, I don't think we solve this issue, um, I don't know if there is a solid solution to the issue. Um, but as I stated before, I do believe there are P- PT specific um, generational difference issues that we can address and we should address. And as long as everybody is willing to hear each other out yeah. and compromise, which is kind of where my conversation was with, with the gentleman at the conference that we spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, I had an opinion but I heard him out and I still don't agree with him hundred percent, but I can identify a little bit more with where he's coming from. Um, and I think that's key. I think that's important to have these conversations, get uncomfortable with being, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable um, and have these uncomfortable conversations to say, yes, these are the issues we have with your generation. These are the issues y'all have with mine. Where is that common ground? And yeah. there always is, there always is, like you said, better than yeah. where we are right now. Um, yeah. And so, so, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not the visionary. I see the issue. I can't give you the solution. I don't know. Where I know it's just to have a conversation. Yeah, and so it that's is. all. We're just having a conversation about this, which I yeah, think is sure. great, you know, yeah. to get your minds, everyone's minds just starting to think, you know, are there, you know, generational differences and everything. And uh, be careful as you listen. Um, it, it can be very hard because we, there are a lot of people, we're in a people help, we're in a service business. And with that, we get these people pleasing mindsets where we can lose ourselves. And I would actually say uh, definitely big time in the uh, younger, newer generation. And um, in order to please the generation um, that has been around longer, we don't listen to ourselves and just agree. It's okay to disagree. It doesn't mean you have to disagree, but really keep challenging yourself to get more and more in tune with what you believe in. Uh, and, and, and greater conversations can happen, greater solutions, greater um, growth and progress between all of us can happen, which is so cool. Uh, um, and uh, uh, it, it may not happen overnight where you feel comfortable to talk about it, but um, keep, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. It's just you can just keep, even if it's a little bit, challenge yourself a little bit more every time to just, yeah. you know, get there. 
you know, yeah. not easy, yeah. not easy. Yeah. No, it's not. I love it. Uh, any, any other generational differences that you think, Ooh, Jenna, this, or have we reached kind of, you're like, Oh, those are kind of the main ones. Where are we at? Yeah, no, I, I, I do think those are my, you know, very inter intertwined. Those two that I talked about, you I, know, I just it. think that as, as a, and this is sort of like a final word, if you will. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I, I do think that uh, specifically to this country, we value overwork. Um, for example, I, I, you know, I think that we value the, the, the clinician or the co- the worker, not just in PT, but in general, um, we value the person who does the things that they're not required to do as a part of their job. That's what we use to determine who is, who's that shining employee? Who's the one that, that goes above and beyond, right? And it shouldn't be that. I mean, I, for example, I remember at this same job, we hit a low point. We hit a low point always in January. It's an outpatient clinic. Deductibles reset. So we're, January was a low period. Um, I had a lot of openings on my schedule. So did everyone else. Um, and um, I was sitting in getting caught up on documentation, going over some things with my mentor, learning new skills. In walks the owner. Owner asks, what are we doing? I tell him, you know, I'm trying to learn some things. And he says, uh, well, why aren't we art marketing? I said, what do you mean? He says, you know, your patients, your schedule is low. Why aren't you art out, uh, you know, getting us new clients? And I'm like, that's not my job. <laughs> that is, you are the employer. You hired me to see the patients that frequent your establishment. Okay. I'm not the one to go out and beg these physicians to send us I don't care how much begging you do, the deductibles reset. <laughs> that's going to be a phenomenon that happens every single year. So, um, but that's the expectation from some employers of, yes, I hired you to see patients and turning your documentation on time. But in also, I expect you to do these things, these, these things that I didn't tell you about in your interview, but we expect you to do these things. It's, it's become an expectation in this country to overwork, to do things that are not required of you. And that is how we measure our employees and not on the job that they do. If you see all the patients on your schedule, go home on time, get your documentation in on time, and it's all you did for the rest of your life as a PT, you'd never be promoted in, in, you know, in, in traditional practices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I say that's, that's another generational thing is that I think we, older generations value overwork, working, you're all, you need to be busy all the time. And we, we value, we being the younger generations, a healthy balance of work and home life. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that is another riff. All of these are intertwined, but I think that's a, another riff that's, that's, that's causing an issue, not just in our, not just in our profession, but, but across this whole country. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. If you are listening to this podcast and you have some other ideas and stuff, feel free to write in the comments to just keep the conversation going. I think it's always good to just talk about it. And then and then if you're somebody who's about to go in for job interviews, write these things down for you to consider what you're going to bring to the table for your negotiations. Track um, on both sides what was discussed in that interview. So it's very clear if things come up, 
up that are that were not included, it's you can have a better chance of being on the same page. Yes, you're correct. We didn't bring that up. Or you know what? We need to make sure we bring that up because that does come up. Uh, the more we can be on top of that transparency and the communication uh, can better help address generational differences right off the bat. Uh, do keep in mind, seasoned professionals, owning your own practice when these students are graduating, they have a very low sense in general sense of self-worth. So for uh, the overwhelming majority, they usually jump at a job faster than they should um, because they are so excited anyone wants them. Mm -hmm. And that is a big thing that happens often at clinics. So it just be aware of that. Them saying yes doesn't necessarily mean they were listening to what they wanted in the first place because they feel so grateful that they were not rejected, they were accepted, and that takes over everything. It helps, it, it, it feeds into them eliminating what their core wants are because they struggle with self-value. Um, all right. That's it. Where can people find you on the social or uh, email, what, whatever you feel comfortable with sharing? Um, so I laugh when you said the old people are on Facebook and Twitter because that's really what I use. <laughs> and uh, I'm, in, I'm in that category, so I feel I'm comfortable saying it. I'm not a Snapchatter. I do have Instagram. My Facebook name is just my, uh, that's what I'm primarily on. That's where I'm most entertaining is Facebook. Uh, is it Clarence A. Holmes? No, nope, just Clarence Holmes. Clarence, Clarence Holmes. Holmes. My Got dad it. is Clarence Holmes as well. Uh, I'm the one that's scuba diving in my photo. Uh, in my, <laughs> uh, profile. If it changes to you hiking, everyone's going to get confused. I know it. I know, well, it's not going to because all of my photos are me scuba diving. Um, and then my Instagram name is C.A. Holmes 6. C-A-H-O-L-M-E-S, the number six. Oh, I love it. California. You're not from there, but it's fun to say. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on, everyone. And if you're listening, please be nice. Be nice. Yeah, you can communicate, but be kind. If there is any possibility that what you wrote might be in a way interpreted in a mean tone, don't write it. I that. just don't, I don't see like, honestly, it's just why, and I'm not being toxic positive. I'm just being real. Like, it's only going to just, why, why? Yeah. Like, go speak to your legislative representative about it. You know, that you can actually make changes. All right. That's it. Thank you for coming on. And a big thank you to Dr. Jenna Cantor and Dr. Clarence Holmes for a really great discussion today. So thank you both so much. And of course, thank you to NetHealth. So again, if you want to boost your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and referrals, check out NetHealth's digital marketing solutions. They have the tools you need to beat the competition, get found, get chosen, and get those five-star reviews. Sign up, complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they'll buy lunch for your office. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up today. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.